Welcome to the Ditch the Suits podcast, where we get real about the stuff no one in the financial world wants you to know about. Learn how you can better manage your family's wealth while protecting it from financial exploitation and so-called financial advisors. Here's to your financial awakening. Welcome your host, Steve Campbell and Travis Moss. Welcome back to Ditch the Suits podcast. Steve Campbell here with you. Today, we're going to be kicking off a brand new series talking about working with financial professionals and paying for their services. A reporter recently asked why clients can't just pay an hourly charge for a good financial advisor and why there seems to be no professionals out there that are willing to work under this type of arrangement. We want to acknowledge whether this is true or not and what you need to know about how professionals are paid. In this episode, we will share our story of how we got started as well as shed some light on how compliance works and functions within the greater financial services industry. These insights will help you better understand what you need to know before you ever engage with a financial professional and how they may charge you. You'll also understand why they have to do it this way. As always, if you haven't already, please subscribe and follow this podcast so you never miss an episode. Travis and I would also love to earn a five-star rating and have you leave a review. We want to reach as many people as possible with this show. And your ratings and reviews help directories and potential listeners know that our show is worth their time. So as always, thanks for stopping by. Well, welcome back to Ditch the Suits podcast. Steve Campbell here with Travis Moss. Thanks for being our guest. If you are new to the show, we typically uh, run our shows in series where we'll do two to three different episodes as a part of a series to give you very digestible sequence of conversations to help you form a frame of reference so you can make really good decisions to help empower your family. We just finished our last series on cryptocurrency, so if you missed it, please check it out. A lot of misunderstandings around crypto, and we try to give you a frame of reference to help you know if it's right for you or not. In this one, though, cryptocurrency is an investment, right? It's a thing you can buy. The greatest investment you can actually have, though, is probably the right financial partner, the right financial advocate, somebody that can come alongside you, your spouse, and help you figure out the big life questions that you have. What what has happened, though, is there's a lot of confusion around the financial industry and what is considered a good planner, what type of planners, how do they work, how are they compensated? And so we came across an interesting question that a reporter was asking. They had reached out to different financial professionals posing this question I'm about to read, and they were looking for different financial professionals to at least provide you know feedback in terms of what this question is. So I'm going to read the question, and we're going to start to break this down to provide some context. The writer asked, it is nearly impossible to find a competent financial advisor who will work being compensated only by the hourly fee, much like lawyers do. He said, I'm willing to pay a substantially hourly rate, and yet still there seems to be no takers. Why is that? Can you suggest how I might find a good financial advisor willing to work under this arrangement? So the question is, how come you as a consumer can't just pay a professional an hourly rate versus maybe what your experience might have been if you've ever worked with a financial advisor? In order to get help, you have to move all your assets to them. They're going to charge you a certain amount. You know, you got to move everything to them in order to get the help, quote unquote, that you need. And you're sick and tired of that model, right? Because maybe you've had a couple of years into it and you just realize it's not all it's cracked up to be. And is there a different way to answer the big life questions that you and your spouse have? when to take social security, how to take your pension, how to get money from your retirement. What about taxes? These are big questions that you should be asking that maybe you found that most financial professionals you go to deal with don't really help answer these questions. They focus mostly around investments or the product sales. And so this question, why can't I just pay for hourly advice and how do I find a good financial advisor? So the question I will pose to you, Travis, 
are consumers wrong for asking this question? And then how can we kind of help advise them to find the thing that they might be seeking? What you didn't tell people there is that we already did this episode one time and I get so fired up on this and I get so serious, like over. I had to loosen them up a little bit. Yeah. This is, this is the reason why we're doing this, right? This is the reason why we're talking about, this is our story. Yep. This is where we come from. This was the inspiration for our ambition to do this. So I get so serious about it. <laughs> like somebody who's listening to it, who doesn't really want to get into all the details is going to be like, okay, I get it. Like, can we talk about something else? So I wanted to redo it and we're taking it in our shot at making it maybe a little bit more lighthearted. And so this is a big question. That's, first of all, it's a lot of questions. So I don't think it's fair. I think just ask one question at a time, right? But in that question, I, the first thing that comes up, good financial advisor. So come on, we want to find a good financial advisor. That's hard to do in the first place. You know, sure. People who are listening to our show are saying, I need help finding a good advisor because it's not like they're out there growing on trees. Right. Right. I, and I would go out on a limb to say, you know, like, first of all, what do you consider a financial advisor? Do you, mm-hmm. Are you talking about an investment advisor? Are you talking about a financial planner? Are you talking about an, uh, you know somebody who consults on investments? Are you talking about an estate planner, like tax planner? Like what is a financial advisor? So number one, the question itself is overly broad. Like let's be a little bit more specific. But number two, it is hard to find somebody who's good at this because there's most people out there just trying to sell you something or they work for a firm that's saying, this is how we make money. So, t- you know, here's a business card that says you're a financial advisor, but make us money in this particular way. Right. And then the second thing is, is it says like under this arrangement. So the arrangement you're talking about is hourly. I want to, I actually just want to pay you <laughs> for your advice. I don't, that's the arrangement, right? I want to now hourly is, how this person is trying to pay for the advice. So, so let me get this straight. You want to find somebody who's good at this, that can, that you're only paying for their advice. So I'm presuming no pressure to buy a bunch of other stuff with them, no big long-term commitments, that Don't kind have of to stuff. Move like, assets. Like, yeah. Like, listen, man, I just, I got a couple yes or no questions. Can you please answer these for me type of thing? Right. Right. Yep. So I want to unpack that. I want to explain why, but I also want to, I think that we need to do this in a way that we're going to tell some industry secrets and they may be hard to believe, but this is literally how the industry is designed. So I want to do it in a way that uh, to us, it's just, this is what we deal with every day, right? This is where clients are coming from. This is where we've come from. So as we're talking to people, we're like, yeah, matter of fact, this is how it is. And they're looking at us going, no. Well, no, can't, can't be, right. but it is, you know, I mean, like, what were we talking about earlier? Imagine if your neighbor was a doctor, all, you know, we just moved to Tennessee a year ago. What if I didn't know anything about my neighbor other than the fact that when one day their mail got delivered to my house and on the front of it said, Dr. Jones, so-and-so, right? Yeah. So I go across the street and I go, Hey doc, here's this. And he's like, Oh, thanks, man. And I say, Hey, by the way, since you're a doctor, I've been having chest pains. What should I do? He's like, hey, take, 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 take some aspirin. So I take some aspirin and my chest doesn't get any better. And the next, you know, a couple of weeks later, I see him again. I'm like, hey, doc, you know, what's, uh, what should I do now? He goes, uh, are you drinking enough water? Like, okay. So I drink some more water. Then I have a heart attack and I end up in the hospital. I get out and I go back across. Next time I see him, I'm like, dude, you told me to drink water and aspirin. And I was having a heart attack. And he's like, well, I'm a veterinarian. What did you want? <laughs> So, I mean, that's the kind of like, you know, 
but but to put it in context, who are we dealing with here? Basically, like you, who are we dealing with? You said you want to help make light of this. This is people's experience. I pulled up to a building that's really nice. The pageantry is all there. I walk in. Everyone is wearing a suit. Everyone's dressed to the nines. It's the doctor on the envelope. Mm-hmm. Their card says they're a financial advisor. They got a couple alphabet soup next to their name. I don't really know what it means, but hey, it must mean that they know what they're talking about. Oh yeah. You go in and present your chest pain, which is, hey, I got questions about, I'm, I'm getting ready to retire. I got all these things. What do you think? And they're like, well, here's what we can do. Why don't you move your investments to us? right? We'll take a look at those. We'll move the accounts. We'll get it all set up. <laughs> and you and your mind are having the same kind of context like you had with your neighbor. It says doctor. So it means you must know what you're talking about. And there's other people here. So they must know, but there's this kind of dirty little secret that the experience and the expectation are two very different things. And there are people that have been paying so-called financial professionals for years to only after years of accumulating fees to this professional looking at each other and going, we're really not getting the help though with what we're trying to figure out, which is again, our should we sell our home? Should we relocate? How do we give money to our kids? And every time we kind of raise the question, it's either met with the promise of a sale of a product that can help us or just rearranging investments. So we're really not getting what we're looking for. And we say that because there's a lot of people that talk to our team or searching Google for these things. How can I just find somebody that can really help me understand who and what's important to me, and then advise me in an hourly rate so I don't have to move all my investments. I don't have to pay them a certain way. So we're trying to help you understand this is real every single day and people are just kind of getting tired of being tired and paying a lot of money for not getting anything from it. So with that, help kind of share part of our story, the genesis of it, and then maybe juxtapose with that with compliance and firm policies and why hourly rate may be challenging for most of our industry. So pre-seed, pre-hour fee-only status that we've been now for the better part of 10 years since we completely severed from any type of broker-dealer relationship, commission orientation, anything like that. When we first heard about charging financial planning fees as a way of doing business instead of just selling products, we went back to the company that we worked with and we said to them, and this was this was our broker dealers. So broker dealers are the controlling entities. So think of it like I'm the heart surgeon, but I work at the hospital, right? And so the and the hospital will tell me kind of what I'm allowed to do or not allowed to do type of thing. So we work for the broker dealers. So they're really the ones who are making the rules about what we can do for the clients. And we said to them, look, we have these people coming in and they're at the time there was a lot of gas leasing happening in the area we lived in. So people were getting natural gas leases. They were essentially becoming millionaires overnight or there was a presumption that they were going to become millionaires overnight. And there was all these financial planning consequences. And the company that we worked for just was like, well, why would anybody want to pay you for advice? Just sell them some insurance. Obviously everybody needs insurance, right? And, and annuity products and that kind of stuff. And we're like, yeah, but not them. They just, they want to know the best way to handle the taxes and the estate planning. And they, they want to pay off their house and buy a boat and kind of like ride off into the sunset. These are farmers and down to earth, conservative people. And, uh, they were coming in with their checkbooks saying, Oh, wow. Thank you so much for helping us understand this. What do we owe you? And we're like, Oh, nothing. Just, you know, if if you ever do get rich, please come back and buy some life insurance from us that you probably don't need so that we can get paid. Like think about how dumb that is, right? It's like, I'm going to go get my heart worked. I'm going to, I go, I'm having my back to our analogy. I'm having heart pains. So I go to my doctor who happens. Hey, you know what? Let's do some surgery. Let's check out. Let's, let's get in there and see what's causing you some pain. No tests. We're not going to do any tests. 
We're just going to, we're going to get in there and see what's causing you pain. And they get in there and they say, eh, there's nothing really in there to talk about. No, nope, nothing to see here. Okay. Um, we only get paid if we fix problems. There's no problem to fix. So how about this? Let's just push it all back together. Let's, let's get through this quick. We got to, we got to wrap up. We got to get to happy hour. Let's put it back together. You know, it's okay if we miss, miss a stitch or two and um, tell them when they wake up, there's no problems and we don't really need to follow up. You know, that's kind of like, that's kind of like what it was like. It was like, they were telling us essentially to do that. Yeah. Right. Yep. And us being kind of us being me and our original partners that started seed. And, and I, I guess I would say it's probably my disposition naturally is to question everything. If, if you're telling me I can't do that, but I know that there's companies out there that do charge for advice. I'm going to say why and who's, whose benefit is it that I'm not charging for advice? Because they would love to hire me and pay me for, the, for what I know. And I would love them to pay me for what I know. You're telling me I can't and I should sell these other expensive things that I'm telling you they shouldn't be buying or, or won't buy. So we seem to be at a crossroads, all three of us, all three parties, the, 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 the clients, the advisor, and the firm. We're at, we're at a crossroads where none of us are agreeing anymore of the best way to do this. Or if any would think we're agreeing more with the, with the, the client than we are with the firm that we represent. And here's, here's a secret for everybody. When you talk to a so-called financial advisor, right? Well, I don't care if it's an investment guy, an insurance guy, whoever it is, you know, or, or, or somebody who's representing themselves as a financial planner. If they work for a firm, they are a representative of the firm. They, they will have, and it won't, it's not always on their business card, but you can look them up at finra.org. You can go to bro- Google broker check and look them up. They will be either a registered representative, yep. which means that they're that's the akin to being a stockbroker. They can make commissions. Or there will, they will be an investment advisor representative, which is the fee side of things. They can charge fees. And that's invest, uh, registered investment advisors. They're going to belong to one of the two. But one of the commonalities that you're going to see in there is they're representatives. They're representatives of the institution. It's the institution that they work for that sets the rules for what they're allowed to do. It gets even more confusing. When we figured out, okay, we could be charging fees. Other firms are doing it. Our company won't let us do it. We said, fine, we'll, we'll start our own company. Well, we're too little. So we still need kind of like a big parent, you know, a big brother type of thing to kind of support us. So we became an independent company and we signed up with a vendor who was a broker dealer to represent us, let's say our registrations and everything. So we could still be stockbrokers and still do insurance. And basically we didn't have to start our own registered investment advisory firm. We could do everything through that. Yep. Well, we thought we were independent. They told us we were. They were like, yeah, you can charge people for advice. Well, not really. What they would allow us to do is to charge a flat fee for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. So that kind of sounds like our, not really. It would be, we can charge you $2,000 to create a financial plan for you. And here's what a financial plan is. It's these 200 pages. Boom. You're going to get that. You're going to sign off. You got it. We get our $2,000. Then we can get to business selling you stuff. And so, you know, we're we're at the time just excited that we can do that. We can at least charge a flat fee for people to come in. And if they want to buy stuff from us afterwards, great. As the clients got bigger and as 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 their needs got more complex, as the planning got more involved, we were like, wait a second, this we need this to be more ongoing. We can't fix all the financial 
problems and stuff you have in, in a 90 day period. This is stuff that we need to work on all the time. And see, here's a dirty secret for the industry. If you are not paying the advisor, they are not your fiduciary. Yeah. Now you might say, well, I pay the advisor when I buy a product for him. That's for the product. That's for what right. you just bought. Right. Right. That's not for all the advice they gave you. So if I'm a firm and I say to my advisors, we're not going to let you charge for advice. And I say, why? They say, because that's what the ind- the industry doesn't let you do it. No. The rules of the industry say that if I charge for advice, I'm responsible for the advice I give. Yep. And what you as a firm are saying is, we're not going to stand behind the advice you give. Because frankly, one of two things, you either don't know what you're doing or you're giving bad advice. Or could be a third thing. If you give that advice and then try to sell a product where we make a bunch of money on it, that could be contradictory because that product may not actually be in their best interest. And therefore you gave them bad advice, right? So it's like, it opens up a Pandora's box of liability and they don't want it. So they told us, nah, you know, we don't want this open-ended thing. So just be a fiduciary while you're on the clock, then get off the clock. The problem with that is they won't even let us do the hourly thing, right? So you couldn't come and hire us for hourly. And, and in fact, most firms are set up like that. Right. So they would let us do the, the, the flat, th- you know, the, the fixed thing. So if we could do hourly, because one of the firms that we had kind of transitioned through would let very, very high producing advisors do hourly. And the reason why is because the, the producer would quit and go someplace else if they weren't allowed to. So it wasn't because they're not allowed to because of the industry. It's because the firm was like, uh, okay, we don't want you to leave. So we'll let you give advice. So if I give advice and I charge $250 an hour, and if in giving that advice, I make it so that I, I, I would really be breaching my fiduciary responsibility by selling you a product that would then make me $10,000. I have a huge conflict of interest there. Right. Right. Like, how do I regulate that conflict of interest? If I can sell you a product, I'm not charging. If I can't sell you a product, I am charging. But it's the same hour. So in one hour, I can make $10,000. One hour, I can make $250. How many of those $250 an hour? deals do I want to deal with or however much per hour somebody might charge who's in that type of environment. So so basically the firms come out and they're like, we're going to limit fiduciary liability. So we're not going to let you charge for advice. So, well, what happens if I hire you to manage my investments and I'm paying you a monthly fee? I'm kind of always paying you for advice, right? Yep. No. You're paying for the you're paying for the advice on the account. Sometimes when you go to your financial advisor, if, if you've ever had this experience, you go there and you're like, and they're like, well, which stock do you think we should buy? This is one of your stories that you use all the time. Which stock should, do you want to buy? Or do you, do, you th- do you want to buy this annuity? And you're sitting there going, I don't know. That's what I'm paying you for. Why right. aren't you telling me that? The reason why they're doing that is because their firm is going to require that you as the consumer made that decision, not the advisor. They don't have discretion to make that decision. They don't have discretion to sit there and say, this is emphatically in your best interest. You need to sign on the dotted line because if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen to your family. They can't back that up. So they say, look, you can't do that. So what you have to do is have the client essentially document or sign off on the fact that they made that decision. That way, if the advice doesn't work out, do, 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 do. The client comes in and says, hey, this blew up in my face. You can say, well, you're the one who said yes to it. It was right. your decision. 
right? We just gave you options. So, so I think that that's, you know, maybe helps set the idea that you have to understand what kind of company you're dealing with and what the, what the company is trying to do. I think another good example is about seven or eight years ago, uh, the first iteration of, of the Department of Labor fiduciary rule was coming out. And they essentially are trying to make everybody a fiduciary all the time, no matter what, if you if you talked anything about IRAs or retirement accounts under ERISA, which is the strictest fiduciary laws that there are. And but under those laws, you can't make it, you're not allowed to charge a fee. So it's like <laughs> you have to be a professional fiduciary, but you have to do it for free. Well, that's not gonna happen. So they had to do an exemption so that there's if I follow A, B, and C, I can actually charge a fee to people. Right. So, so I'm a professional fiduciary. You can charge a fee under certain circumstances. So in preparing for the rule, what happened is all the financial firms came out with a list of things that their financial advisors could no longer sell the clients. So think about that for a second. The fiduciary rule comes out and says, if you advise somebody on this, you know, as a fiduciary, we are going to hold you to a fiduciary standard and therefore you are personally liable for the advice you give. And the first thing the firms do is they come up with a list of things their advisors can no longer sell to their clients. So think about what they're saying there. They're saying one of two things. They're saying that product is so bad, we could not justify that in a court of law no matter what. We're like, we're not even going there. We can't. Mm-mm. Well, holy crap, they were selling it before then. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, this should tell you everything you need to know about some of this stuff that you're buying, right? And then number right. two, number two, the other thing that they're saying is it might be a good product that might be useful in certain circumstances, but we, our advisors aren't trained enough to understand when and how to use that the best. That's most often the situation. Another dirty secret on the industry. Almost no financial planning training short of this is how you punch stuff into a computer and look at that outcome. Yeah. Very little f- actual financial planning. Even uh, you know when you get into some of the credentials, they teach you process, you cram for a test, you get it, but the actual application of that knowledge is a very low bar requirement. It's pretty much about dotting the i's and crossing the t's to limit liability and selling products. The burnout rate in, or the crash out rate in the industry for new advisors is is somewhere in the you know when I was recruiting at these firms it was somewhere in the nineties, right? Over the first eight years, ninety percent of people didn't last eight years in in the profession. And the reason is you get in because you want to be a financial planner. You want to get in there. You want to help people make financial decisions. You've been studying. You get your CFP. You get a financial degree. Whatever, right? And then you get in and the first thing the firm says is, is you need to bring us in business so we can pay your salary. Yep. Now you're a salesperson. You're not a financial planner anymore. You're a salesperson. You got to go get business. Yep. And, and business and, and, and very, very few of them as this, this uh, writer is requesting very, actually few of them actually charge for the advice. So what are they charging for that product sales? Yep. So, you know, you're a 23 year old kid, you have really good in it, it, it intentions and ambitions and you get in, you find out it's just a sales game. And that's because of the way that the firms are designed. If I have 10,000 financial advisors, like a lot of these big firms have or more, how do I possibly, if I, if I said to them all, you can all be fiduciaries, go out in the world and give people as much advice as you can and charge them by the hour. They're representatives for me, remember? 
I have to stand behind the advice that all of them give out there. How trained and how knowledgeable are they in the broad spectrum of planning? Have you ever gone to your financial planner and the planner goes, I don't do college planning. I don't do you know uh, um, investments or I don't do... Uh, I see that actually with fee-only planners a lot of times. I, we don't do investments. You go someplace else to get your investments. Well, how the heck are you a financial planner if you don't do investments? Right. I mean, explain that to me. How do you know when you look at a portfolio, if that portfolio is going to do what you put in the projection, if you don't understand anything about investments? Right? Yep. Um, okay. So I don't do college planning. Why? Because I can't make a commission off the 529 plans or a fee off the... They better not be making a fee off your 529 plans. But let's say that they are in a state where they can't. Right. So well, I don't I don't do that because we can't charge for it. And we just pick up the liability for recommending investments. Well, how can you be a financial planner if you can't help me with college planning? How can you be a good financial planner if you don't understand if, if there's nobody on your team that understands student loans or taxes? Every time I have a tax question, you say, talk to your tax advisor. Well, then how do you know to give me good advice in the first place? How do you know to tell me between Roth and an IRA or if I should do a Roth conversion or or, or put more in my 401k if you can't give me tax advice? The reason why you can't give me tax advice is because your firm's telling you they will not accept the liability on your advice because they don't. You're not trained enough to 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 give that advice, or there's they're concerned because their advisors in general aren't trained. Maybe you are really good because there are some very good advisors out there. Maybe you are really good, but you're grouped up with all the other people who work here, and there's some that aren't really good. So we're just going to say nobody can do it because we can't figure out who's good and who's not. It takes too much staff and time for that. So. You have to understand that you're hiring a company, not just an advisor. And what is the goal and agenda of that company? Because that's what you're going to be paying for. So you're listening, right? Let's bring it full circle. What are you looking <laughs> for, right? You you may have found that in the last, you know, however long you've been working with a professional, that you have a, a really fun, charismatic person that you like talking to, Right. They're, they're a great relationship type person. You meet with them a couple of times a year. You review the accounts. As long as the stock market's going well, you spend little time actually reviewing the investments because it's, hey, everything's good. Stay the course. How's the kids doing, right? And you spend the majority of time then talking about your kids. So you feel good, right? Because things seem to on paper be going, going well. But maybe when the stock market begins to drop or things happen, you have a lot of questions and you want to know how things work and you're not getting the answers that you're looking for. So you might be getting frustrated. Maybe you broke away years ago from financial advisors feeling there was a level of incompetence and now you're considered more of a do-it-yourselfer, but you still have questions. There are a lot of people out there that have questions about how do I do certain things and they're looking for somebody that can sit across the table, help them understand and be as, as committed to their financial life as they are by finding ways to not only make good investment decisions, a great financial plan can help you make good investment decisions, but also understand tax laws as they change. The world continues to change every single day. Legislation changes, the world changes, there's, there's politics, there's things affecting everything that we do. Your plan should be as life giving and breathing as the world that's happening around you. But what happens is a lot of times people go to work with a financial professional because they look the part, they have the card, they've been in business for years. And what they find is the experience that they've been receiving, nothing has changed since they first started 10 years ago. Maybe they own all the same investments. So the world outside of them has changed so much. And yet when they look at their financial plan, quote unquote, they own the same investments. And all they're told is when things are going well to stay the course, when things are going bad, stay the course. And they just keep showing up and they keep paying a fee. But in the back of their mind, there's all these little questions that are starting to add up that have big implications. 
retirement, social security, pension, taxes, gifting, buying houses, selling houses, helping your kids. These are real life questions that we have people calling and talking to us every day about because they're not getting the guidance that they're looking for. So I think to to create a frame of reference for this first uh, series of this first episode in this series to help you know, is hourly advice something you can pay for? It might just be because you've had an experience where you're, you become disinterested and you're looking for real answers uh, to help you figure out. And the model that you've been having, if you've been doing more of the assets under management model, the big firm, you've been paying them to help you with investments, but you're not getting answers. Or maybe you're somebody who's been doing this by yourself and you realize it, it's very hard. And there's a lot of moving parts and you, you're trying to figure that out. You want to be able to help pay somebody uh, that can give you advice for that. So there's a lot to understand in this first one. We wanted to unpack it. I want to set up the second episode a little bit because in this quote that the writer had asked about, they had acknowledged that maybe how can you charge just like lawyers do? So we want to begin to transition into episode number two, talking about attorneys and how they can charge and why can't financial firms charge like this? Why can they? And how how do you know what to look for? And then again, in this third episode, we want to bring it home just talking a little bit more about by financial professionals and what you should expect and how you can find perceived value for the answers that you're looking for. So stay tuned. We know this uh, series may not be as sexy as cryptocurrency or the stock market or the things that people are really super excited about. But if you get this part right, this is the foundation for everything else that brings to light how to make sense of your money in life. So as always, we appreciate you being our guest. Stay tuned for episode two and three in this in series, talking about hourly advice and working with financial planners. Well, thanks for listening. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to this entire episode. Uh, we hope that this information has inspired you and empowered you to go out and live your best life. But let's be honest, you might have a question or two about some of the things we talked about today. If this is you, Travis and I are here to help in any way that we can. You can reach out to us and follow us on social media on Facebook at CPG. You can send us an email, uh, info at cpg.com. Just let us know in the email. This is in regards to ditch the suits, a question or topic you might want us to cover. Or you can visit our website, which is cpg.com. That's seedpg.com. Head up to that right corner, fill out that contact us button, and just let us know in the comments that this is in regards to ditch the suits. If you have a question, a series of questions, or anything we can do to help you on your journey to financial freedom, Travis and I are here to help. So again, it's your money and it's your life. You only get one shot at this thing. Our job is to make sure you get the most out of it. Thanks for being our guest. And until next time, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Ready to ditch the suits? Remember, it's your money and your life. For more information, visit seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. If this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. And be sure to share with a friend.